Hello, and welcome to the Taboobs podcast, where we will be breaking silence on taboo women topics. Join us here weekly on Tuesdays for new episodes from wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's talk about all the things. everyone to episode 13 of season two of the Taboops podcast. Uh, we are finally, shout out to my friend Wendy, talking about mommy wine culture. She has been asking for this topic since I started the podcast and the idea of the podcast. Um, but she's like, I'm not coming on, so you need to find somebody else to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> So I texted her today. I was like, I'm finally recording the episode today. Um, And uh, one of my friends contacted me with you or connected me with you. And so we're here to talk about mommy wine culture today and what that all entails. Um, So I have Allie with me. Hello, Allie. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Allie Graybill. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just celebrated my 41st birthday um, on Sunday, so just two days ago. Um, And I am actually, I'm a hairstylist, like, by trade, I guess Mm -hmm. you would say. So I'm a hairstylist. That's my career. I'm also a salon owner. Um, I have this, like, little slice of heaven, this beautiful, perfect, little tiny boutique salon in the downtown um, Tulsa area. So right in the like heart of the arts district. It's just like the kind of place where you walk in and you're like, I'm home. So I have a really great like work life. And I'm also, um, I'm a mom of two little boys, nine and 10. Um, they're, they're really my best little buddies, but they're very close in age. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of children in a small amount of time. Um, for me, at least. Uh, and then I'm married to, like, probably one of the best guys. I always say I'm married to the cutest boy I've ever met. Um, but we were, we were, we went to high school together, but we were not, like, high school sweethearts or anything romantic like that. Literally, we just went to the same high school, and we reconnected, like, a decade later. And so we've been married now um, since 2011. And, yeah, I mean, just kind of, I love to go camping. I love to, I honestly, we're all better. Oh, yes, yes. Our camper, uh, his name is Willie. The camper before that was named Truvy. Um, Like, honestly, my family functions best when we are, like, dirty and outdoors and, like, disconnected from the world around us. We just seem happier and more at peace and better behaved, like all of us. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. We're going through a tough time with our kiddos right now. Just both of them want mommy and dad feels like I'm here and the attitudes are bad and all this kind of stuff. So we're just kind of Well, I mean, surviving. I think feral children are the best children. I'm like, <laughs> go outside, out, go out. <laughs> yeah. It's finally to where we can do that right now. It was like just mm-hmm. miserably cold and 10 degrees outside. So, you know. Yes. Can't really send a one-year-old out there at that time. No, no. <laughs> but they're on the horizon. You will get there. Don't don't worry. You'll get there. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I should add, I am almost three years sober. So that's one of the kind of like 
what we're here to talk about today. So yeah, so I will be, uh, it's in, in the middle of February. There's no like significant date. It wasn't it literally, um, like I, I can't say it was like the first of the year or anything like that. It was just like when I had had enough and and enough was enough. And that was the day that it just needed to change. So that's, I'm going on this February will be three years of sobriety, which is never anything I honestly thought I would ever say. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Would you consider yourself an alcoholic then? You know, I have a funny relationship with that word because, um, sometimes I call myself different things. I would say, I, I would say, um, I definitely had seasons, different seasons, not just one. Like I would say like one in my twenties, one in my thirties, one in my, you know, like forties, if you, well, I guess not my forties, but, um, where I had, uh, you know, sometimes I say, I clearly had a drinking problem okay. or, you know, I had issues with my drinking, but really, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it stems to, um, alcoholism, but I also now have a better understanding of kind of the spectrum that alcohol has and capable of. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I would say like, you know, on paper, you might say that I was an alcoholic, but my behavior wasn't really much different than a lot of my friends and my, um, you know, family and things like that. And I can't say that I would ask any of them to, call themselves that a lot of them drink and you know, they're fine with the way they feel about how they drink. I just was not, Mm -hmm. I reached a point where, um, I don't know. I I reached a point where it was just, it, it, it was fun until it stopped being fun. And I think, you know, I have a, a lot of self-awareness and even with that being said, it was a really, really hard decision to make. So, in a big roundabout way, am I an alcoholic? Needs to think of me as that. That's fine, but I don't know that I like resonate with that word as like you know a self description so much. Well, yeah, because I mean I can understand that, especially if it was like a decision. And um, I mean, I interviewed Ellen on being an addict and hearing her story mm-hmm. and everything, and so it's just like there's a there's a huge range of what addiction is. And, you know, so some of us don't fall into the Ellen category of things, you know, Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm excited to talk about this category that you're talking about today, because I think it's like this silent type, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily alcoholism, but it's, but it can be a problem. I was not about to lose my family. I was not about to lose my career, my job. I was not in a gutter trying to pull myself out, you know, drinking out of a paper bag and things like that. But with that being said, I mean, some of my behaviors were starting to get kind of sketchy, um, you know, where where I was like questioning why I was feeling this this like tie in this draw. And a lot of it, I think, was, I mean, maybe more coping mechanism. Um, plus just the fact that alcohol in itself is an addictive substance. It is, that is what it is, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I often say to people who I talk to that no one is off limits. Yeah. Literally, no, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much control you think you have. 
Um, I have jokingly said, if not your neighbor who says that it's healthy and it's not your, you know, cousin who's the life of the party, no one is off limits from it. Alcohol is an addictive substance and it, whether it's circumstances surrounding the season that you're drinking, whether it's your coping mechanisms for like stressors or trauma in your past or current life, I mean, it can get your a hook in you and hold on. But that doesn't mean that you have to reach this like monumental rock bottom mm -hmm. that I think like, you know, we have been shown maybe as we grew up in movies or whatever, where you're like, you know, a drunk on the street, like, you know, screaming at people as you like hold your paper bag with a bottle of, you know, booze in it and you're all, you know, like that's just not the reality of what an alcoholic or what someone with a drinking problem or what a rock bottom is or has to be. Mm -hmm. There's just this whole new like viewpoint on it. And I'm, I'm here for it because I didn't want to get, I didn't want to reach that point. I didn't want to have to reach that point for me to stop doing something that I was like, this isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Uh, I have a question. Did your parents drink in front of you as a kid? Yes, we were, um, my parents Yes, I had lived in a drinking household. It was something we talked about. It was just something that was like present, but it wasn't like in the forefront of everything we did. Um, it was an issue, definitely. But it wasn't until I was older that I understood that. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, I mean, my parents didn't drink in front of me until I was much older, and that was just kind of like a decision that they made. And so, I don't know. I never drank as a kid or anything like that. And um, yeah. but I was just—I mean, scared. I didn't start drinking until yeah, I didn't start drinking until I was—I think I was honestly like right around twenty-one. I wasn't like a teenager sneaking drinks or doing anything like that. Um, I mean, I have a lot. Like my very best friend in the whole world does not drink. Hmm. My husband rarely drinks. Like, I'm not surrounded by people yeah. who are just like, you know, partying and wasting all the time. I have a lot of friends that do, and I have a lot of friends who I partied with a ton. But, you know, it, I definitely, you know, I, I, I would say I was like surrounded by a, a pretty good amount, balance on both sides mm -hmm. of, of people who drink or chose not to, yeah, you know, not. so the option was there in front yeah. of me. It wasn't like, it was like, I only was around people who consumed copious amounts of alcohol. Right. You know, that wasn't the case. Like I drink in front of my kids and Reed wants to have my drink all the time. And I'm like, no, you can't have my drink. And, um, you know, but it's, it's interesting because my parents never did that and I'm choosing to, but I'm not sitting there making it an everyday thing or anything like that and calling it um, mommy's juice or something like that. Like yeah, I'll say the yeah. name of it or whatever, but so let's get into talking about mommy wine culture and what that is. I kind of, yeah. like I wrote down some examples, but, um, what are some examples that you've seen about like what my mommy wine culture is for people that may not know from like extreme or less extreme to extreme? Well, okay. So I guess my viewpoint on mommy wine culture is more like the community of like encouraging women to drink um, as a form of relaxation or as a treat or as like a gift to yourself or like, 
you know, if you had a hard day, I mean, you know, the media is so good at that they what they do. We don't even know that we're like, you know, being like basically baited. So, you know, like even just the bottles mm-hmm. say funny things or have a cute label or whatever. I mean, you know, you're, you're drawn to it as a consumer to begin with, let alone being bombarded with the fact that like, you know, um, I know that for a long time, this is kind of outdated, but this was something that like, I just would roll my eyes at all the time. But even I was even drinking, but the whole, like you have your um, Yeti. Oh, see how outdated, not even a stand. Yeah. How dare you? Yeti. Like, oh God. So you had your, like, you know, your, your cup with a fake tea bag sitting out of, you know, and because you were pretending that you were drinking hot tea, but inside of your, you know, like bottle or was like a mixed drink or wine or like the fact that they'll market even a cup that's like a whole bottle of wine will fit in this, you know, things like that. Um, You know, the uh, yoga classes that are like stay for a mimosa before or after or during even, you know, um, bring your kids to these, you know, play dates and we're teaching you how to like, you know, um, make ice cube roses for your mimosas for, you know, brunch and things like that, 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 you know, it's like gather, please moms gather with us, but also drink while you're here. Yeah. So I think that I I would say more than anything, I just see so many things that are like inviting women to kind of gather in community that is just laced with alcohol or the encouragement of like, well, we, like, we should probably like baby showers, wedding showers, any birthday party, you know, any, my kids' birthday parties, even we have like, you know, the cooler of drink water beers and then the cooler of waters because heaven forbid you celebrate a two-year-old's birthday and not like offer the parents something to drink. I mean, sometimes birthday parties suck. So <laughs> it's like, you know, like maybe that's the, the, thing that it needs to be fun but in the same breath like why does it have to be prevalent in everything that we show up for Mm -hmm. especially when our kids are involved you know yeah exactly I mean even like the coffee mugs that say this is probably wine or something like that to the littlest degree but like you see are the tea all the shirts that were going around for a long time exactly uh, yeah everything I mean literally everything and you, I mean, I see it all over my social media because I'm in that stage of life with, and I know everyone's in that stage of life with kids that are hard to navigate and everything, but there's just different stages of hard. But like, I see all the time about drinking to cope with kids, you know, like mm-hmm. basically my kids well, like, make draw me a bath. Yeah. Exactly. Draw a bath, but in every video you see, you know, of anything like that, it's like, and then they plop down that enormous glass of red wine, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and at one time I would have been like, yes, <laughs> like I, you know, I need to shut a door I need to disappear. So how do you disappear when you have children who need, and, and need who they need you, they need you, they legitimately do. And it's not a sense of like, you know, like, I'm like, I don't want it to seem like I'm like, Ignore your children and leave the house and go do something for yourself. That's not always possible, but also the flip side is that is that you you know like a, a substance that literally makes you disappear shouldn't be the only answer we are bombarded with as an option as women as mothers to sustain you know our sanity during childhood. In fact, it makes it worse. It in my experience and in I have a lot of 
moms in my life, you know, a hangover is, is literal hell yeah. when you have children, yeah. you know, like there's, there's almost nothing worse yet. We are, you know, prompted again and again that that's, you know, the, how we should be behaving in the evening. Yeah. That's the answer to making it easier mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I feel like it just makes it harder. Yeah. I mean, I indulge in the glass of wine here or there. I have not been hungover in I don't know how long. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I do look at it as, as a form of relaxation for me and a way to unwind. And sometimes I will do it whenever I'm having a bath and all that kind of stuff. So I, I hear you. I also feel like not necessarily called out. But um, I know a lot of women are right there with me. And I think to a certain degree, that's completely fine. But until it's not, you know, until it's Absolutely. that's your only avenue or, you know, whenever you're needing something, that's your way of coping. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think mm -hmm. that's should be our answer necessarily. Yes. Well, and I, I don't I mean, no shade to people who do. I mean, I think I told you when we were kind of like chatting and our getting to know you little conversation that it was like, I, I want other people to partake and to drink and, you know, and do that responsibly and, you know, in a healthy way. But I also don't want women to feel so pigeonholed that that is the only thing offered to them. Also, that you are not convinced that you cannot unwind, detach, or um, kind of, you know, have some time to yourself that does not include that. Mm -hmm. If it enhances your experience, by all means, I think that's wonderful. But also having a realistic, you know, outlook in the fact that um, sometimes that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is not necessary. Sometimes, you know, it will take away. I have a friend actually who I, I, this was so funny because I was like, oh yeah. I mean, like if this, I, I, I'm a, I'm a phenomenal mother. Like I will claim that, but like, it was almost comical that I was like, that never occurred. That thought never occurred to me. She has a daughter who has a seizure, seizure disorder. So one of the reasons she stopped drinking is that she was like, I needed to be of clear mind if my daughter had a medical emergency. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, like, I, like I, in all of my years of motherhood, God, I have never experienced something like, you know, like that, where I, you know, someone broke their arm, let alone something worse than that happened. And I was like, you know, drunk. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a person who drank every night. I wasn't a person who like, you know, was like, you know, passed out every night. But I can't tell you with total honesty that that never happened. Sure. Not a lot, but, you know, that kind of thing. And so... You know, when she said that to me and this light bulb went off and I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of layers to it as well. You know, like showing up as our best self, as our best mother to our children or whatever that case may be. Yeah. Sometimes it means I need a minute and I need to relax and I need you to leave me alone you know, I, I do need like a breather, but then sometimes it's also like, don't drink three glasses of wine after they go to bed, you know? Right. <laughs> like, 
kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. No, that makes complete sense. And, you know, there's a lot of mommy or kid play dates where, you know, you were talking moms come over and have wine and do all that thing and that's fine. But then what? Like one of y'all or both of y'all are leaving with your kids in your car to go home. And what does that look like? Are you two glasses mm-hmm. in? Are you three glasses in? And then it's like you need to really focus on the safety of your child and and yourself and other people, especially if you're getting in a car. And, you know, if you're walking yeah. over, I, there are all these exceptions and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it is – you have to make these decisions to be responsible as human adults <laughs> mm-hmm. and parents and all these things. like. Yeah. It can go so much. So what is your thought about mommy wine culture and why? Well, so my thought, I can't say that I was ever like, you know, so offended by it that I was like, you know, going to like shout from some rooftop that mommy wine culture is like disgusting and it needs to be, you know, I I, I, I didn't even participate lot of those things because I found it to be very cringy. Well, I didn't participate, let's say like wearing the t-shirts or the tea bag and the, you know, mixed drink or the things like that. I just found it to be really cringy, but, but there was a layer of that too, that it was like, because I was so aware of my drinking and how it made me feel, it was probably that it was like, oh my God, if I go there, then I really do have a problem. Sure. If I can't make it through a play date, then I really do have a problem. If I can't, you know, I, I do think that there's like, you know, a lot of times my girlfriends and I, especially when our kids were little and we were not bringing them with us to dinner, we were not, you know, we were, we were actually carving out time for ourselves to be ourselves. I do feel like there was a time where it was like, we would have so much fun, but then maybe we would also drink a little too much. And then that would be the, the, na- the day that the next day our group text message is like, I don't feel very good. I'm in bed or I want to, I wish I could go back to bed. And that was just kind of another layer of that mommy wine culture that wasn't so much broadcasted, like, you know, how I was saying, like, we're, you know, in social media or whatever, but where we were participating and didn't even know it. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, especially if we're posting about these things too, if we're posting like, hey, uh, or like glass of wine, it's been a hard day with the kids and da, 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 stuff like that. Like eventually your kids are going to catch on. They're going to get old enough. They're going to be comprehending what's going on. And what do you think the repercussions are for the kids hearing you're drinking because of them? Yeah, I think that I, I, I'm a little sensitive to that just because one of the big reasons why I think I stopped drinking was because my kids, as they got older, I was like, wow, they're more aware of things that are happening. Um, they're more aware of, of, of me, even whenever, you know, we're just like, if it was like, if I was cooking dinner and I was drinking and all of a sudden I just really was no longer participating in the family dynamic. I had zoomed so far into myself because, you know, I started to pour, you know, pour the glass of glasses of wine. And then it, you know, like all of a sudden I'm no longer participating in the life around me. I'm just kind of like doing my own thing because now I'm a little bit inebriated and I'm also kind of like, you know, enjoying the solitude of, of whatever it is that I'm doing. And so, you know, I could see that my kids started to be more aware of that. Again, every woman, every mother deserves that time, but I was choosing to accomplish that by numbing myself with mm-hmm. drinking. 
that I didn't feel good about that. I didn't feel good knowing my kids, especially the way that I was raised. Like I said, it was, it was, it was definitely something that was in my world and in my life, but I didn't realize it until I got older. And looking back, I was like, Oh, I wish someone would have talked to me. I wish someone would have, I could have understood a little bit more what was going on. You know, I don't know what that would have changed anything. I just mean like it, it you know, so I was like my kids, I, I have to show up differently mm-hmm. for my children. I ha- love my parents. I have wonderful parents, but you know, they were doing the best they could at the time, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, okay, my job now is to do the best I can now for my family. And so, um, so I did, I just didn't love the fact that like I was watching them become more and more aware of my behavior changing. Uh, and if I was, I snapped at them so much easier. I, you know, distanced myself from them a lot more when I was drinking that glass of wine, because, you know, it was like, all of a sudden it was like, I think my brain switched to where it's like you time. Yes. Leave me alone. You know, um, where there just could have been a different way. And, and now I know that there is for me to, to account, accomplish all of that. Um, also, you know, um, the, the, as far as like the kids go, you know, even like the, the, I've seen recently, um, teacher's gifts, that's like, my kid is the reason you drink, yes. um, labels like that. And that also, I mean, I get, it's meant to be funny. I understand that. But if you're telling your kid, walk into your teacher's classroom or, you know, I don't know if you could deliver wine into school, no. but I've just seen it yeah. online. And I was just like, like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> what know? kind of message like, does that send to your kid and how do they internalize that if at all? And I mean, I feel like that would shape someone and maybe put some insecurities inside of them. Like, am I bad or am I too much or am I, you know, just as a kid. And I get it's meant to be funny. I understand No, I do that, too, but, but I think there it's just, are you know, repercussions for it, right? Like yeah, totally yeah. not meant to be harmful, but there's lots of things we say and do that is harmful to other people and we don't realize it, you know? So mm-hmm. whether what they're going through in life or whatever, but I feel like it, I've, because I've tried to be very conscious about how I talk about my kids on the podcast. If, I mean, they're going to grow up one day. I'm going to be gone one day. They might want to listen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so if I'm sitting here saying, Logan's been so hard, you know, I I don't want them to hear all that and feel, I, I mean, it may not affect them at all. I don't know. But it's, I feel like we need to be conscious of, what our kids might feel if they found out we're drinking because of them, quote unquote, you know? Yeah. Well, and even as far as like a, a standpoint where drinking around your family is involved, like I think maybe just going into it with um, open communication about what alcohol is and what it is doing, you know, of course, age appropriate. I talk to my kids now completely age appropriately. Uh, I, I didn't before um, years ago, but now I do because I want them to understand there is no doubt in my mind they are going to drink one day. I mean, if they don't, I would be shocked, Yeah, you know, but so I want them to know, first of all, you have a choice whether or not you decide to drink, you know, like society will tell you otherwise, but you have a choice. You can, you can not be a person who drinks very much. 
they have an example of their father who does not drink very much, you know? Um, and also what, what it really is and what it really does and how it affects you from, you know, your first drink to your second to, you know, to whatever else. And also that you are safe to talk to me and ask me any questions you might have about drinking in general. And also like, you know, when the day comes, you will never be in trouble if you call me and you need a ride right. home because al- alcohol was not talked about in any capacity like that in my, you know, youth. So I want them to know that like, this is an open ended conversation um, and, and not in the sense of like, you are the reason I drink, sure. but more like, let's talk about it because it's a part of our society. Yeah, Cause it, I mean, it really is. And, you know, it made me think, and I, most of these companies are coming out because, um, I, I don't know if it's because people are pregnant or whatever, but there's a lot of companies coming out with like non-alcoholic beverages, but it's, it's wine that has no alcohol or beer that has no alcohol and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And they're gaining lots of popularity. I think they just came out with like cocktail versions and stuff with, um, uh-huh. that are non-alcoholic. And I'm wondering what's, what's the appeal? Is it to act like you're drinking or is it the taste or what is the motivation behind getting it? Cause when I was pregnant, I did it, um, because of holiday type stuff, like, Oh, I wanted to have a fun mm-hmm. new year's Eve drink or something, but not alcoholic yeah. or, you know? And so I think they're fun and I think it's a great thing for people to turn to if they want something fun, but also, it is kind of strange that it's like, okay, so what's the point if you're taking yeah. the alcohol out, but you still want to act like you're drinking? Well, okay. So I guess my thought on that is probably because of this huge shift in um, the understanding of like, like I was saying that spectrum of sobriety and things like that, whether it's like a health choice or whether it's because you are questioning your, you know, relationship with alcohol or if because you are doing dry January or because you are, you know, um, or you have someone who is a full-fledged alcoholic who lives in your home, you know, I think there's a big shift happening where just like in general, companies are having to come out with that because people are more aware, people are more educated, people are more, um, have a different understanding of what alcohol is and sometimes they just simply choose to not partake but they don't you know like they they still want to participate in whatever it is that is happening i i didn't really love mocktails and all and i have still to the day have not found a red wine that even tastes halfway Mm -hmm. decent you know um but so i think that, that these things are coming out because they're because of that shift that like you know we are seeing in people choosing sobriety for whatever a million different reasons that are on the table. And, um, and so I think some people like lean towards mocktails or, you know, the non-alcoholic things because they're like, you know, this still feels like I don't want to feel left out or I don't want to feel like I'm the, you know, odd, like abnormal, not even left out of like the, you know, what, the, what you're doing, but like, you know, I don't want to feel like a total weirdo because I don't drink. So, you know, I'm going to have this non-alcoholic beer or whatever yeah. it is. Like, you know, maybe you just genuinely loved beer and missed yeah. it, you know? So that too, but it, that's what, that's kind of what yeah, it is interesting though. Cause I think it can also be, 
um, because you're not ready to have the conversation with other people and the peer pressure from other people if you're going to a party. And so you bring your own stuff. You have this, it looks like you're drinking, but you're really not. And um, because I, it's so funny because I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of people that don't drink. And for whatever reason, I don't know, but um, I don't have that type of pressure, but there's so many people that ask them, well, what would happen if you had one drink or what? I really wish you would just be able to relax with me and have a glass of wine with me and, you know, all (laughs) that kind of stuff. And I, that's so interesting to me that people care that much that other people drink with them, you know? Because mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm having a glass of wine by myself. Like, I really probably just want to be alone. So, <laughs> bye. <laughs> right? But um, yeah, it, I find it interesting that it bothers other people, that other people don't drink when they're drinking. Well, okay, but people love a drinking buddy. Women love to do things with other women because – Honestly, a lot of times, this is probably going to be like, people are going to be like, what? But like, they feel validated because if you're having a drink, then I'm, it's okay that I'm having a drink. Where in fact, it's fine if you have a drink, you can have a drink, like you said, by yourself. That, that doesn't mean that you're like, you know, doing something wrong or bad or secretive just because you're the only one in the room having the drink or whatever, no, you know, wherever you are. but I do think <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, but I do think that people seek out that validation by being like, look around the room. Okay. I'm not the only one, especially if it's like your friend, like especially if it's your friend and especially if it's a friend you used Mm. to drink with or you are used to drinking with, I would say, you know, I I haven't had a whole lot of pushback, you know, with with too many of my dear friends, but I I was also extremely open with them about my concerns for myself. I mean, I would talk to my girlfriends and, you know, half of them would be like, I don't think you have an issue. And I'm like, then why do I feel this way about my Mm. drinking? I clearly feel different than you feel about your drinking, (laughs) you know, things like that. And I, and it left me feeling extremely confused, but then I had to come to terms with the fact that like, who gives a shit what anybody else, you know what I mean? Like what I'm, I'm happy that I can be around people who don't have issues, who don't have problems, who can float through life and, you know, feel good about, you know, having a glass of wine or something like that. Like, I'm like, like, honestly, like I want us all to get to like live, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and enjoy and all of that. Um, but I do have noticed that the times when I have had people who were like, Oh, you're not drinking tonight or what, you know, whatever it was because maybe they were looking for a partner mm-hmm. in crime. Do you think that every mom who drinks wine to like wind down from a hard day with the kids or anything is quote unquote participating in mommy wine culture? I do not. No, I don't. Because I think, you know, I I obviously, this is the first time you and I have met, but like, you know, talking to you and the things that you've said, like, you know, I, I think that maybe we are all influenced by it in some ways, but like, you know, not necessarily like, you know, wearing the shirts and. Uh, you know, posting the things online or whatever. So, so not necessarily every mom who drinks wine is participating. I think a lot of times though, um, whenever you have a situation where you have like um, the pressure, women pressuring other women to drink or women encouraging other women to drink, that might be when it teeters on that line. 
Um, I think that if you know you are um, making healthy choices for yourself and something that works for your family, then no. But if you're peer pressuring other people, if you know, if you are um, bringing it to it to to a situation or to the you know, quote unquote, bringing it to the table and trying to like you know have everyone else drink with you, then I think that mommy wine culture has now infiltrated the the you know the event that you're having. Um, but individually, I think that if you just, if you drink and if you're, you're okay with how you consume alcohol, then no, not at all. In fact, <laughs> well, it's made, and and that's just like a piggybacking on what I said something earlier about how there were moments where I think we, my friends and I were participating and didn't even know it because we were, when we were gathering or we, we were, you know, out without our children and we did drink, drink too much. And the next morning we're all like commiserating about how miserable, you know, we are with our babies or our kids or toddlers or whatever. Um, I think that's where it was like, we could have picked a better way to spend our night or time together. No, for sure. I mean, I, in talking about this episode, like it made me really think about, am I participating in this? Because don't get me wrong, the funny memes that we're talking about and stuff about how um, the reason we drink and stuff like that and whatever have made me laugh because it does feel like that way sometimes. You know, it it is hard. It is so hard and you need to find avenues Absolutely. that um, help you to be able to relax. Whether it is a glass of wine or time for yourself or a long bath, it doesn't have to be all of those. It doesn't have to be wine all the time because I feel like Maybe if it is wine all the time, there's a problem because you're just, that's your only solution. Or I say wine, alcohol in general, but wines might go too. Oh, wine with mine um, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and well, Sam's been into, my husband has been into like making cocktails right now. I know I'm getting super sidetracked, but so it's been fun to kind of like experiment that with him and I'm his taste tester and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So he's really having fun with it, but He's a cook, so he loves recipes. Mm -hmm. So recipes in general, you know, what works, what doesn't. And so that's been fun. But, um, you know, we had this the other night where my oldest was going to spend the night at Gigi's house, my mom. And um, we had Reed and he was like, oh, we should do a cocktail night and all this kind of stuff. So he gets all this stuff to make this new cocktail and we're drinking it and, um, we were like, oh, do you want another one? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll have another one later. I'll have another one later. And then we just got to a point where we were like, I don't think I can do another one. Not because we were <laughs> hammered or anything like that, but just because I didn't think we could handle another one yeah. and not be, you know, yeah. of sound mind. And, you know, and, and that's not a bad thing necessarily, but you get to a point where you just don't want to be like that because yeah. that is – like you were talking about, maybe we're, we'll be hung over the next day because we're over that age where you get hung over and they are bad and they can last more than a day depending on how bad they are. <laughs> yeah, the bounce back just hits different. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And so it's like, but, you know, so I feel like we were drinking responsibly, indulging responsibly and all that kind of stuff and not abusing it to Mm -hmm. the point where it's like, oh, we're drinking because we're kid free and we're not kid free. But, you know, when you have two and one is gone, you kind of feel kid free. Yeah, I I never know what that feels like because my children are always together. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 
but yes, even going to the store with one kid versus two is like, are we on a vacation? This is like yeah. so easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, for some reason it is, but, um, it, I find, you know, we all need our avenues to relax and, you know, ha- so once you gave up drinking, how did you find your bits of relaxation and winding down? Oh, man, it took me a while, honestly. It took me a while because I think that there was a lot of um, kind of like reprogramming my brain into like, you know, um, like, what do I do? What do I enjoy? What do I even like to do? You know, like, um, I also had to really learn how to ask for help. Like, even if it meant like, if I, if I wanted to, let's say if I wanted to go, um, to the grocery store by myself or, okay, no, scratch that grocery store by yourself is not a treat, but it kind of is, you know, but, um, so like (laughs) if I wanted to go for a walk or to a, um, a workout of any kind or to go to the library or at a bookstore and pick out a new book for myself undistracted or even go shopping just for piddly things like a new candle or whatever, you know, um, not a big, like nail, you know, like pedicure, manicure or something like that. But like, if I was, I had to like get comfortable with saying, with, with asking my mom to pick my kids up from school or asking, you know, um, like, you know, I mean, my husband, he's, he's really hands-on dad. So he is like extremely involved, but also to say like things like I'm going to go in our bedroom and shut the door. That just Mm -hmm. didn't even feel like it was allowed to me in one season of my life. So even that felt like a big thing. And and Dylan, my husband was like, oh, okay. You know, like, yeah, sure. Like, well, you know, like (laughs) we're going to go for a walk or take the dogs for a walk. And I remember being like, what do I do now? By myself. I felt like I was like, well, I'm supposed to be on this walk with my family because, you know, I'm supposed to be participating in like the dynamic of the downtime that we have together and before bed and, you know, and all this stuff. It was like, yeah, shut the brain off and sit down. It was like, okay, sit here. Now what? And then I slowly and with time started like loving it. So my Mm -hmm. winding down could look something like, Honestly, probably like getting in the shower, like washing the day away, kind of, if you will, and then putting on cozy pajamas. And I, I love to read, so I'll like lay down in bed and read. Um, or, I mean, even sometimes we have like, you know, I'll go into the living room and join my family, but I have like a reset that is like I had some time to myself, even if it was like, you know, this like sliver of time where I was just like alone to sort of like shift my brain into wind down time or maybe after I put the kids to bed or or if it was my, we take turns each night who puts them down and they're older now. So it's a little bit different, but um, like if it, if it's my night, you might be watching a show or something like that. And I might just take the rest of the evening to like kind of, you know, chill in whatever way I see fit. I, you know, I, sometimes I just go sit on my porch swing and like, it might sound boring to some, but to me it's like heaven because it's so quiet and it's so peaceful and it's so calming where I never, I avoided situations like that before because I don't think I could actually like be present there. 
and enjoy that moment where now, and I, I think I thought this glass of wine is helping me do that, but instead it was actually like taking me away from that feeling of um, peace. So mm. now I'm able to kind of like find it a lot easier in the, in a more simple way. I don't really like, you know, have, um, have to have like, you know, a self-care moment. Like it's not like a spa night or like, you know, things like that. I enjoy those things, but I'm able to kind of like access that peace and access that wind down in a really, really like organic, nice way now. Yeah. Cause it has to be because you can't do a spa night when you need yeah. to wind down all the time and all that kind of stuff. That makes perfect sense. And no, I completely agree. I, I love that y'all switch off. We do too. But we we just switched from um, switching off. So we would switch off kids every night. Mm. And so, when, I mean, we're still doing bedtime each night. Yeah. But I just came up with this idea yesterday. I was like, because Reed's a little bit older. He's not such a, you know, he's almost two. So I'm like, okay, what if we like, and their bedtimes are scattered. So I'm like, what if we just – one of us does both bedtimes at night and then – so the next night we get off, yeah, you know, completely. And so I – because I was trying to find bits of relaxation time, you know, because Reed's bedtime is still earlier, but it's later than it used to be. It used to be at 6.30. Well, now it's at 7. And so there's not that big of a gap between the two and – um, anyway, so all that to say, I'm trying to find bits of bits and pieces of relaxation where we can, um, to just give us a night off. And then I feel guilty because I'm like, oh, well I work all day. And, mm -hmm. you know, my mom didn't mean it in a rude way, but she said, you know, y'all don't get to see your kids that often during the day. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, like, I don't know. Have, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you have, yeah, I know. I know because it's so hard because, you know, you're told spend time with your kids, but also be 100% present at work and, but also be sure and take time for yourself oh, yeah. and, out somehow. and have date night and be intimate with each other. <laughs> and, like, ha, ha. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a huge to-do list that we are taxed with as mothers and as women that it's like, make sure you check all these boxes. And it's like, yeah. yeah, that's not possible. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, no wonder we're like, oh, I need this wine or I need to have mm -hmm. this. Cause it's like, how are we supposed to do it all? We can't do it all. And I was just talking to you earlier, right? It was earlier before we started about the hair and the nails thing. I think it was uh -huh. before we started yeah. recording. And I mean, I was like, I can't have I can't have a hair appointment and a nail appointment uh, on the same day and take that time for myself, but also I can, but then I feel a little bit guilty putting that all on my husband. And then I feel guilty because that's my extra time that I have with my kids. And so it's just this whole thing where it's, it's stressful. And of course I want to spend time with my kids, but of course I like time by myself and getting pampered and whatever. And it's, it's so confusing because I feel like we never know what to do because at any angle, we're going to be judged by someone. And I'm not saying that I was judged by my mom, but, you know, she made a comment that probably I took wrong because I feel guilty about it. And yeah, it struck a chord for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Even if she didn't mean it as a dig. Yeah. Right. 
But it's funny because my my therapist always says like you can't spend time feeling guilty because that is so unproductive. You're Mm -hmm. taking away from everything that you're trying to do if you feel guilty while you're doing it because you're you're, you have to get that time for yourself. And she has four kids and makes time for herself. She works out. She does a bunch of things for herself and. Um, I'm like, but how? How do you do that? Well, I will tell you, my therapist told me <laughs> when I was learning how to, like I said, I, I had to learn how to ask for help. I had to learn how to ask. It's like I was asking for permission that it was like, can I have a, a moment? <laughs> yeah. What? Like, no one should have to ask permission from the world around them, from their kids, from their spouse, from their, you know, work like to, you should not have to ask permission. Like, can I have a moment to be a human, please? Yeah. You know, like that's, that is just such a, but the world we live in that, you know, like that is we're we're all like, that's how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be everything for everyone, no matter what, blah, blah, blah. But like, super mom. So she did tell me, exactly. She did tell me this. So her name is Emily and she's phenomenal. But she said, when I was beginning my journey and trying to like carve out time for myself and not drink, and it was like, you know, that was how I did it. Yeah. It disappeared into my home, you know, like into myself while I was at home. Like that was my, my downtime. So how do I do anything else? So she first gave me the task that she said, I'm not going to have you ask for help because I don't think you can. Like, you know, I don't <laughs> think you will do that. Like, and so she was like, your homework, if you want to call it that, she didn't. But, you know, your, your, your task is that if the people who you care about deeply and who care about you deeply, so it does, this is not everyone, but let's say hypothetically your mom, your sister, your best friend or something, if they offer you help, you need to accept it. That's great advice. Later, you can begin to ask for it. But first, these people who love you deeply, your husband, you know, your boyfriend, your spouse, your, you know, your what it partner, if they offer you help, you must, or you need to accept it. And that was even challenging at first until I used, you know, like you practiced, I built that muscle up a little bit. And when finally I was starting to get better about accepting help that was offered to me, it became easier later to begin to ask for help. That, that moment might be 10 minutes. It might, but it made it where it it felt a little easier for me to say, I need a minute. I'm going to step outside and close the door. Please keep the dogs and the children away from me. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to go take a shower want no one to come in there or, you you know, whatever the case may be. And I started understanding that before I knew it, I was able to wind down and I was able to care for myself and I was able to feel better about being around my family because I was taking these moments that were meaningful, that were accomplishing the task at hand, you know, without feeling guilty about leaving the situation quite as often. So that was probably a really big game changer for me as far as like how to learn to, um, to wind down, to, you know, treat myself or whatever on a regular basis, not that pop in the, you know, um, once in a blue moon massage or pedicure that you don't really want, but you're like, I guess I'll go to that because that's self-care. So 
things that seemed like I was started to care for myself in a better way were probably smaller amounts of time, but more impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, I love where this conversation is going. Like the fact, it's insane to me that I didn't think about that this is where it would go, you know, because <laughs> the whole reason we have mommy wine culture is because of the stress that we feel. I agree a hundred percent. And it's like, <laughs> hello. Of course, <laughs> these are these are the things that we have to do. And it's so sad that we're at this point that we didn't feel like we could accept help or didn't feel like we could ask for help. And I've heard it time and time again on the podcast even from people that I've interviewed that like, no, I wouldn't accept the help, you know, if it was offered to me or no, I wouldn't ask, dare ask for it either, <gasps> you yeah. know? And it's like it, <laughs> the the funniest thing is it's just internal, you know, that feeling is just internal. No one else around you. When people are offering, they are offering for a reason, they are trying mm -hmm. to help. And, you know, it's it's so sad to me that this is the answer we have been given is a hundred percent alcohol. Yeah. It's like, you know, basically like you don't deserve or or you shouldn't seek out all these other things, but here have this drink and pretend like you are relaxed or, right. you know, pretend that this is enough. I think that was probably the more of it. Pretend this, this glass of wine or this cocktail or whatever is enough to like satiate the fact that you, this, you know, this is enough for you as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, as a human, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like here's your band aid, And it's like, well, no, that does nothing, but okay. <laughs> it feels like it does at the time, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, who, I'm getting this and maybe even as a placebo it's working because you feel like this is your alone time and all that kind of stuff and but yeah it's it's insane it's not like let's fix the culture around why we're seeking and let's talk about it wine. to our girlfriends let's yeah. tell our girlfriends you are worth it you are worth self-helping you are because I mean I know a ton of women who's who's don't or you are worth telling your mother help mm -hmm. help me you know or whoever it is or a neighbor or a friend you know I think how many of us would absolutely rally around our best friends and and you know take their kids for a while or you know whatever it needed to be if they needed a moment but like we are taught not to ask mm -hmm. we are and you know I have friends I one of my really really good friends she is very quiet well, I don't know if quiet uh private I guess she's very private about things and sometimes it makes me worry about her because I'm like is she doing okay she just had a baby not that long ago and you know fully breastfeeding all this that I couldn't do it that was too much for me I couldn't I couldn't do all of that and um you know, she has a very involved husband, but still it's a hard time. It's a hard transition. She has an older kid and um, I'm always curious, like, is she doing okay? Because I don't ever hear her reaching out for help or, you know, 
venting to me about anything and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And maybe she is to other people and all that, whatever. But we are really good friends. And so I feel like I would be an outlet for her if that was an issue. But also, I feel like I need to be asking the questions and making sure she is okay. But um, for people that are private, I don't know how they how they do it because I'm I'm comfortable asking for help and doing all that kind of stuff and telling people that I'm having a really really hard time right now or like when both kids are sick or whatever. I I had a moment and I think I've shared this before, but I've had a moment where both kids were so sick and I was so sick and my husband was so sick that I just broke down crying while putting my kid to bed and my husband was hugging me. And I was just like, I don't know how people do this. Like, I don't. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I need help? I don't know what to do. I'm about to hire somebody to come to my house because I'm sick and I can't handle this. And, you know, it was the sickest I've ever been. And I just was holding a sick baby. And I was like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what to do. This is so hard. How have I not heard more from more of my friends that have multiple kids that are going through this? Because I felt like I didn't know what else to do. And it, there are seasons where it's just that hard. You know, it might be a day, it might be a week, but it might be longer. And I, you know, I couldn't cope with alcohol at that time. Yeah. (laughs) But, but what I did and what I tried to do was text my friends and be like, you know, because she was pregnant at the time. And I was like, if you ever, ever, ever feel this way, please reach out to me because I will remember this moment. And I was just like, I don't want you to deal with that by yourself. Like, this is hard and I want you to be able to cry to me if you need to cry to me and all that kind of stuff. Like, we just have to be better. I don't, I don't know what it is. We just have to be better about entrusting one another with these types of things and moments. But, you know, it's easy for me to say because it's comfortable for me and it's not for others. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that like things like, like this conversation we're having today, the, the stories that you share of other women, I mean, like every, every episode that I've listened to, you know, you gleam something, if, if, if you, nothing else, it's that you're like, oh, me too. Oh yeah. That's, you know, I can relate. And I think that that's why like, like conversations like this are just so important, even if they segue so far off. So like, you know, from one thing to the next, that's, that's how beautiful, genuine learning, you know, moments and conversations happen as they, they, you know, evolve into something you could never see coming. Yeah, exactly. Answers you could never, you know, have come up with any other way. Yeah, even if they seem obvious, like moms aren't getting enough help, so that's why we're turning to wine, and that's why mommy <laughs> wine culture absolutely. exists. Like, oh my that's god, that's absolutely. so obvious, and I'm so mad at myself that I didn't even go there. <laughs> I'm disgusted, but it's okay. I'll give myself a break. But I mean, <laughs> it's you know, because it's it's cute and fun to a certain degree, and funny and haha, whatever. But then it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and I want to well, make, yeah, those, those, those things that, those things that are there, we can, we can all relate to, right? Like no matter, I mean, even like I said, I might've found it cringy, but I could also relate to it because I totally understand every bit of that. It is, it's so hard and it's so challenging. It's so beautiful and it's so wonderful. It's all of these things all mixed up into one, but it's like in that same breath that 
shouldn't be, you know, the only way that we can like communicate about how hard motherhood is, you know, like those, those vulnerable conversations, like you said, you were needing to have those also need to be brought to the table or more importantly, need to be brought to the table. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's just like, how can we keep showing up for each other and be there for each other? I feel like, you know, I, when I interviewed the postpartum doula, she's like, I have a job in this because there is no village anymore. Absolutely. And so it's like, well, how are we filling that void? Because I know I'm not showing up doing laundry or doing all that kind of stuff, you know, but I don't know. I want to be better at it. And I, momming is hard and it's awesome and it's all the things. Community. I mean, like we are, I think we, we all as women are seeking out community um, seeking out, like feeling like we're not alone, seeking like, like that we are like, um, that we are not walking through something that no one else has walked through. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're definitely not presented with like it in the healthiest of ways. I think, Yeah, I think that we're offered, you know, we're offered kind of sometimes the short end of the stick, like instead of offered, how do we build community? Like you said, where, how do we, how do we build a village? Yeah. Instead, you know, we're offered funny T-shirts and fake, you know, fake uh, coping mechanisms and things like that. That'll help. (laughs) We are here to talk about Alpine rings today. They sell unique men's wedding rings, and Sam is actually getting some for himself. He's going to order a couple, so I'm super excited about it. You go to alpinerings.com. That's A-L-P-I-N-E rings, R-I-N-G-S dot com. And here's a little note from them. All rings come with a lifetime warranty, silicone size exchanges, and 30-day returns. Here's a little bit about us. With a passion for craftsmanship and a desire to provide men with unique and affordable wedding band options, we've opened our doors in 2018. We've quickly grown into a leader in the industry, offering innovative designs and commitment to affordability, even with the inflation at record highs. We are proud to offer free shipping, free size exchanges, and a lifetime warranty. At Alpine Rings, we believe that every man should have a wedding band that reflects his unique style and personality. That's why we offer a wide range of options from traditional to contemporary, and we use only the highest quality of materials. We're committed to customer satisfaction and stand behind our products. That's the Alpine Rings promise. Shop with us today and find the perfect wedding band for your special day. That's alpinerings.com. Thanks so much. Do you think there are any benefits of mommy wine culture? Benefits. Um, okay, I'm going to just kind of go with my gut instinct and say no, but at it like you know you're a part of something if you're all if if, if if you're part of this community of women who like love to drink together then I guess 
you know, maybe some people would, would, I think people might feel connected to that. I personally think it's doing a disservice to those women gathering who, you know, like maybe could also be enjoying themselves without alcohol present and maybe building each other each other up in a better more helpful way so i'm gonna go like i said i'm gonna go with my gut instinct and just give a no even though there's probably a lot more layers to that answer that i could if i like sat and thought about it but no i don't think so (laughs) yeah no i understand that i completely understand that the more and more we talk about it because i'm not sure what my answer would have been before this conversation because i haven't really thought about the destruction you know and how harmful it can be and what we're masking and stuff like that. So yeah, I completely agree. For those listening who drink wine or alcohol uh, and complain about the hardships of having kids and may feel a little attacked right now and defensive, like what do you want to say to them? Um, I would say like, I I am you. (laughs) I mean, just because I don't drink now does not mean that I did, you know, did not have a history of, of, of loving to pour myself. I mean, I was like queen of the real heavy pour, you know, um, I understand and I get it. And, um, more than anything, I would say that I am just hopeful that as women and as mothers, you also know, regardless, maybe you don't have any issues with, you know, with drinking with, you know, like I said, you know, whether you want to call yourself an alcoholic or not, or have a drinking problem or not, or an issue with alcohol or not, whatever part of the spectrum you fall into, I just want you to know that more than anything, I hope you understand there are other options. That doesn't mean you have to take that off of the table. I needed to, you don't need to, I needed to, but also I want to present to you, like, just like, look at it from a different angle that you are deserving of a lot of different choices and a lot of different options in how you care for yourself. And in turn, how you, you know, get to show up for your family on a regular basis or show up for your girlfriends on a regular basis, um, your children, your spouse, your significant other, whoever, you know, whatever it is. That, that just be, be open-minded that there are other options behind besides just having a glass of wine. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I loved our conversation about this. And I was a little scared coming into it. I mean, I warned you in an email. I was like, I drink wine. And, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm participating and all this kind of stuff. And but I was—I just wasn't sure about because I—I I look inward a lot, and I try to make sure I'm self-evaluating and, you know, checking in with myself and doing the work and all that kind of stuff. And so, whenever I was having a glass of wine because I had a hard day at work or whatever it is, and coming home and dealing with kids, it's—it can be a lot sometimes. And so. I'm like, oh my God, am I participating in this? And I am I gonna feel personally attacked? I'm not at all. I, you know, yeah. so I, I love our conversation. I think that it's super important to have. And um I hope that people listening can just hear that it's not your only option. And maybe we need to look at that a little look inward a little more and see if that's if we're taking advantage of it. Yeah. Just just view it from a different, through a different filter, you know, like what do I actually need right now? Maybe it is not this glass of wine. 
Maybe what I need is some time to myself. Maybe what I need is a shower by myself with nobody interrupting. Maybe what I need is a walk around the block and a little bit of fresh air. You know, like like just consider other options that are available to you because you are deserving of that without any, you know, reason other than that you are a person and you are a good mom. <laughs> you are, you know, a woman who yeah. just deserves this time. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I love that so much. Well, good. Um, you were the perfect person to have on for this. I feel like that was such a great recommendation from our friend. And uh, I love that. So I thank you for being vulnerable and talking about all this with me because I feel like it is super important to talk about. And I'm glad Wendy. It's challenging too. Yeah. You know? Because you don't want to yeah, say the wrong like thing. You- you don't want to step on anyone's toes, but in the same way, you're like, this is a thing. Like, we should be talking about this. So, yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Well, as you know, I have a couple of ending questions for you. Uh, what do you wish women would talk more openly about? Definitely community. I mean, and we've, you know, we've touched on this throughout this whole conversation, but um, – but just the fact that like, like we, we've lost some of that, you know, along the way so much. And I do think that so many of us are like myself included, um, high achieving women who like, you know, like you've got the hustle and you've got the, you know, the goals and the, this and the, that, but it's like, where in that do you get to just be like, you know, kind of relaxed and enjoy your life? Like, instead of always trying to move on to the next thing and, you know, the calendar is so full and all of that. So I think just asking for help, building a community of support around you doesn't have to be um, only women, you know, it can be just a community of family, friends, whatever that looks like, but, um, but that, that you, you shouldn't have to float through this life alone or try to do everything alone. Yeah. No, I love that. That's for sure. That's super important to do. And I, I suck at it most of the time. (laughs) I will just to be completely honest. Like I, you know, I tend to try to take on things and do it by myself. But so that's probably why I would say that as my answer is because I need it just as much as anybody else does. Yeah. Are you a number three on the Enneagram? I'm a two. You're a two. You're a helper. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. And whenever I first learned that I was a two, um, when I read the description, that person and I think also like where my mindset was at the time like I was just kind of in a low place in life and I read the description and it was like you know the helper like assisting wanting to like give to other people and I'm like that girl is weak I was like oh my gosh get a backbone you know and like and so I have come to understand I 100% that's accurate, but like I, 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 at first I wanted to be like, nope, that's not it. That's not me, but it is. (laughs) That's amazing. So the helper has problems asking for help. Yeah, absolutely. You might see that. I'll give it all day. I will pass it out like confetti. I will just fucking float it around, but do not like, you know, expect me to like ask for it in return because heaven forbid. I can't do it all on my own, you know? So that's, that's exactly why my answer comes out because I need, like I said, I need it more than anybody else probably. That's, Community, help, support. That <laughs> is funny. My mom's a two, too, and she's had to learn this year especially how to ask for help because uh, she's taking care of her mom and 
it's just been a lot and she's needed help. So after yeah. exhausting all the family options and all that kind of stuff, she actually hired um, help for a couple hours a day for somebody to like even take her to appointments and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm proud of you twos. That's awesome. Y'all are, <laughs> Thank you. you know, this is your, your year. Mom, oh, your mom, I'm proud of yeah. her. <laughs> I will. That's hilarious. Um, okay. What is an unpopular opinion that you have? Bananas make everything taste like bananas. I'm sorry. So we I'm have sorry. bananas like in fruit salad. Bananas make everything taste like bananas. bananas. Everything like bananas in a fruit salad overtakes it. Bananas in like you know banana bread makes it taste like bananas. That's my <laughs> not really unpopular. I don't know why that just came to me, but that is literally like oh. Do you like bananas? Is, I feel very strongly. I hate bananas. <laughs> oh god. Like I'm I'm not a particular like I'm not a picky eater at all, but I despise bananas and every like couple of years I try to eat one because I'm like, I'm an adult. Surely <laughs> I like bananas now. And then I'm like, oh no. I don't think it has no. anything to do with age. <laughs> <laughs> but your yeah. taste buds are supposed to change every few years. Yeah. So I mean, good on you for seeing if that part's changed. I keep trying, but um, oh, let's see if I can think of a better answer Oh, no, than that's that. fine. That is funny. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why that came to me. No, but it's true. I, I I, can see that, but I love bananas, and I love banana nut bread, and I love um, fruit salad, but I don't like bananas in my fruit salad because it does overtake the flavor. Uh, see? Mm-hmm. Even you agree. I do, and I love bananas. We're best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my unpopular opinion is that fashion trends aren't one size fits all. And what I mean by that specifically to me is um, skinny jeans will never go out of style and I don't care and I will wear them forever. So. Yes. <laughs> I got it. Okay. I'm with you on that. <laughs> although if I wear jeans it's like it feels like a real special occasion which is crazy because it's like they're jeans but yeah <laughs> I know I've set the bar real low at work because I can kind of wear whatever I want and uh, I'm wearing yoga pants right now and when I wear jeans and like a sweater like everyone around me is like oh you look so nice today <laughs> like Oh my Thanks. gosh! I put on jeans, and one of my kids was like, "What are you? What are you doing? Why are you so dressed up?" And I was like, "Oh, oh. I just have real pants on. I don't know. <laughs> Crazy." Yeah, exactly. I have tried to do like the boot cut or whatever, or I don't know. Even bell bottoms were coming back in style. Oh, I love me some bell bottoms. I can't I do, do it, but I am short and I am yeah. curvy. And so when those two mix, like I just look way bigger than I am if I'm not in skinny jeans. Like you can see my figure in skinny jeans. Yeah. Well, and I think I I think so I do think that like you should wear like what you feel most comfortable in as a rule. No matter, you know, like yeah. you said, like the the fashion trends and things like that. I mean, especially nowadays, we are not living in a time where we are limited to what is only like 
popular in the moment. Like we have access to like any style of je denim jean that we want. So it's like, we should just be wearing that, yes. you know? So I'm, I'm here for it. Like gone are the archaic days where it's like, Levi's makes one cut of jeans and this is the only one that anyone can wear. And it's like, sorry for you, yeah. anybody who doesn't fit that, you know? So yeah. So you, you just, you rock those skinny jeans every day. Well, you know, not the days you want to wear yoga. Pants, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe <laughs> twice a week. On those fancy days. <laughs> I wore yeah. jeans yesterday. So it'll be a couple days until I wear them again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta let it, let it loose. I've gotten real big in this is, I can't even believe it. And like, I, um, the matching sweatsuits, mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm wearing a sweat, like sweatpants. I'm wearing an actual pair of sweatpants. But the other day at school pickup, I was looking out of the window and my, my kids' school, you can like walk through the neighborhood and wait for your kids because the pickup line is in, in an actual neighborhood. So it gets very congested. Mm -hmm. Well, there seemed seemingly was like a lot of maybe what I, I maybe were grandparents there to pick their kids up. And I was so jealous of all of these um, older women's sweatsuits. <laughs> I was like looking out the window and I was like, oh man, look, hers is violet. And look, hers is like a, a, a pastel blue. Like, oh, who have I become that I'm looking for my fashion advice? <laughs> to these women who you know are my mom's age but it's like i'm but because they look so comfy they look yes. so cozy and so comfy and i'm like i just want to be wearing that exactly right now. i got a nike sweatsuit <laughs> and um the 22 year old that i work with is like no mag no and i'm like i will wear it and i love it so you do you stay one. over there mm -hmm. My favorite sweatsuit is from Sam's Club. <laughs> if that tells you anything, I was like, I am now that person. Okay. Not Kirkland's? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, you I know, mean, Costco, you. Kirkland's. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That is <laughs> Wearing the pants right now, actually. <laughs> Shout out. That is... I hope they send me a freight pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm not big. Uh-huh, they will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it so much. But yeah, all of you listening, I hope you were able to take something away from this episode and didn't feel so attacked. Um, like I thought I might. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe <laughs> called out. Maybe called out. But um, anyway, we release episodes weekly on Tuesdays and we want to know what you want to hear about and we love, love, love feedback. So please don't just send them to the interviewee. Send them to me too because I love seeing them and I love that y'all get all the texts and stuff, but I love seeing the feedback. And if you get feedback, Allie, show it to me because I live for 100%. feedback. So... Awesome. Comment, rate, review, share it, all that kind of stuff. We want to get it out there and we want to help support other women. So that's our goal. Talk about taboo women topics and all that kind of stuff. So thank y'all for listening. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.